0: Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. It's good to see you guys today. Are you all okay? Y'all, that's a Tennessee thing, you know, y'all. And I've noticed a lot of people, they, that's, they even write that way on social media. Y'all? Why? Apostrophe, ALL. How many people would admit I do that? Do you do that? A Few of you? A lot of you. Let me take a moment to thank you, uh, and to really, I'm about to do a shameless plug for this place we were last weekend. Shauna and I were invited by another church. I'm, I'm friends with the pastor. It's a church down in southern middle Tennessee. And every year they have a marriage retreat for their church. And the past few years, they invited Sean and I to to lead it. Wow, it was incredible. We had a great time. But they have the event at the Dollywood Dream More Resort. Has anyone ever been there? Raise your hand. Yes? You guys only. Y'all, go there. It, It was unbelievably wonderful, super nice. The whole time I'm just thinking... Well, I think Hope should have a retreat at this place. It, it, is, it is awesome. But thank you, church, for allowing us to go and do that. We had a great weekend, and I'm so thankful for Jared filling in last Sunday. I heard it was an awesome day. I listened to his sermon this week. It was awesome. So we're in week three of this series, you, in five years. Somebody made a joke with me on, uh, on Facebook this week. They put up a thing, and they're like, dude, you want me to think about my life in five years? I don't even know if I'm going to make it until Friday. Yeah. Do any of you feel that way at times? And so the big idea of this sermon series, You in Five Years, is that you would be willing, just listen to me, to to just slow down for a moment. Just slow down for a moment and begin to think about your life five years from today. Let me remind you to do the math. What that means is we're talking about February of 2024. That is five years from today, February 2024. Will your life be exactly the same? Is it going to be a little bit different? And and really, let me be more specific with you. How might your life be different? Because you might be willing to desire to be more like Jesus Christ. Now, last week when Jared preached, if you didn't, seriously, if you didn't hear the sermon, I would encourage you to go to our website or it's on all the podcast worlds out there. His takeaway was this, if we want to be more Christ-like in the next five years, then your life must directly reflect every single day the life of Jesus Christ. It can be no more business as usual as followers of Jesus Christ. And so here's what that means. Here's what I'm talking about. When when you have this opportunity to be around people, and let's just break that down. I'm talking about the people in your oikos, your extended family, those 8 to 15 people. When those people closest to you see you, who do they see? Who do they really really see? And you're like, "Oh, well, because reality is oftentimes the people closest to us. They see both the good and the bad. Do those people see Jesus Christ living in you and through you? Do they? Or maybe not so much? Now, here's what I would say. I would say that most every one of you, no matter where you're sitting today in the gym, I believe that every one of you five years from today, really, your desire is to be more like Christ. You want to experience significant growth in your walk with Christ. I believe you'd say, yes, I can. I want to be the man or the woman that God desires for me to be five years from today. But for some of you, here's what I believe is happening. In your mind, you start thinking to yourself, okay, yes, 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 I want to do that, but how am I going to get there? How am I going to get to that place? How am I going to really be able to change? And for some of you in this room, not all of you, I think you really have this desire to get to that place, but if it's okay with you, I'd like to tell you what many people do. Here it is. Perhaps you're making some excuses. You make excuses. And you find yourself saying, maybe it's something like this. Here it is. You know, Kent, man, there was this time in my life, and like uh, I, I went to this camp, or I was at a retreat, or I was at this really, really powerful worship service. And, you know, I was just, I was really into it. And the guy that was speaking, he, he asked us to write, Something down on a piece of paper that was really holding us back from being all that God wanted us to be. And then then he asked us to take that piece of paper and fold it up and whatever. Bring it up, nail it to a cross, lay it at the altar, tear it into shreds, whatever. And you might be saying, man, I, I was ready. I was all in. But then like two or three days later, there was really no change in my life, Kent. And so maybe you begin to think to yourself, man, should I even bother? And some of you then may say to yourself, well, hey, just come on, bro. Cut me some slack. I, I am here today. You might be, I'm here. I'm giving you an hour and a half, a couple of hours of my day. And for you, maybe your excuse for not maturing as a believer, you might say, man, I am entirely too busy. I just cannot find the time. I've tried to do what scripture says. I've tried to pray. And you're just like, it's not working. God's not answering my prayers. I'm reading the Bible. I don't understand what God's trying to say to me. And, and you might think, why bother? So you say, I, I, it's just not working. And you, we can go down the list. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I've already tried and it didn't work. What about this one? God didn't answer my prayer. Someone hurt you. Someone made you mad. Someone disappointed you. And I am not denying that, that is all very, very real. But, but oftentimes when we begin to think about all those things, what we do, we, we begin to allow all of that to become a part of our excuse as to why we're really not sure... If, if we will consider God's plans for our life over the next five years. And so here comes the life lesson for the day. I've really tried this week to boil this sermon down into one sentence. Here it is. You can make excuses, or you can make progress, but you can't make both. When you think about your life five years from today, you can either make some excuses or you can begin to make some progress, but you can't make both. And I hope that there will not be more excuses five years today. But my hope and my prayer is that instead there would be some Holy Ghost faith-filled progress as we become mature believers of Jesus Christ. And so we got to look at the Bible. Obviously, the Bible gives us directions about how to live this kind of a life. If you brought a Bible today, open it to the book of Philippians. Little bitty book in the back of the New Testament, the book of Philippians. Let's just do a little uh, Bible trivia real quick. And I'm inviting you to call it out. Many of you are going to get this question correct. Who wrote the book of Philippians? Oh. Very good. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. And so if you know anything at all about the Apostle Paul, oh, on fire for Jesus, dude. He he was sold out. He was all in. And look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. He says, man, not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, He says, but here it is. I am going to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Remember, this is this process that we've talked about. Sanctification. Daily, step by step, day by day, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Paul says, I haven't taken hold of all that yet. But look what he says. But here's one thing that I do. I forget what is behind, and I strain toward what is ahead. I'm pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, all of us, we can have all kinds of excuses for for why we're not all in with Jesus Christ. But I'm just asking you to look at Paul. Here is Paul. The brother has been imprisoned. He has been beaten. He has been rejected. He has been mistreated. And newsflash, I don't see any excuses at all in what he's saying. No excuses. None at all. And I believe that's because Paul realized what we're talking about today. You can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make progress. Both. And so I would just say, church, here's what I need to know. Here's what you need to know. We all need to know what the Apostle Paul knew. Why do you need to know what the Apostle Paul knew? Think about this with me. So you can break free from what has become your normal. We're so normal, aren't we? God desires for you to break free of the normal. For many of you, Jared talked about this last week. God's plan is for you to break free from the normal of your lukewarm faith. For some of you, it's become normal for you to have tons of excuses as to why you can't really pursue Christ with all of your heart. For some of you, it's normal that you are quite often just hyper-skeptical. You're skeptical about everything. For many of you, it's normal that there is very little joy in your life. I was joking with my buddy Bill this morning. You know, I have, I have one of my faces resting, church. I'm going to tell you again. I have that resting you-know-what, okay? But my, my mouth naturally just goes kind of like, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not angry. This is my resting face. And my good friend Bill, sometimes he'll look at my resting face and he'll be like, you better tell your face to get happy today, brother. (laughs) Is there any joy in your life or has it become normal for you to just kind of be in a bad mood all the time? And so as you think about what describes you, what is your normal my prayer would be that as you read God's word, you're being convicted of what God says to you through his holy word, and you're starting to realize, oh, wow, this is really not how God desires for me to live my life. And so then the next thing, you, you really just have to say, okay, Lord, here I am. Here I am, God. You know, it's, it's a rainy day in February. Lord, what needs to happen in my life? what god what needs to happen so that watch this when when my friends and, and like my family and my coworkers and my neighbors shout out to the neighbors here today my neighbors are here woo woo okay but when all of these people coworkers friends neighbors family classmates when they look at me i don't want them to just look at me and go oh yeah That's Kent. He's pretty normal. Pretty normal guy. And that's why I go to the church, Hope Fellowship, love God, love people, be normal. No. No. Look look at what Paul says. He's got no excuses, but instead here's what he does. And my prayer for our church, Lord, would you allow us as a church to do this together? God, as the body of Christ, may we together live for your glory. And so how do we do that? The question is, how do we change? How do we change? Look again at the text, Philippians 3.13. Paul says, I'm going to do one thing. But one thing I will do. I will forget what is behind And strain toward what is ahead. I'm pressing on toward the goal. What needs to happen for you to be where God desires for you to be five years from today? I'm going to give you three points this morning. Number one, here it is, newsflash, let go of the past. Mm. Let go of the past. Forget what is behind. Now you're like, oh, yeah, that's easy for you to say, bro. And it is. It's not easy though, is it? And because it's not easy, many of us tend to hold on to the past. And and let me just say this. I'm referencing the difficulties and the pain in your past. Sometimes it's good to look back to see God's faithfulness. But what I'm referencing right now are these difficult times we tend to hold on to. And you know what we do? We replay scenarios in our mind over and over and over. We, we replay circumstances. We, we replay these memories, difficult, painful things over and over. It's like it gets stuck on repeat mode in our mind. Y'all, if anyone understands what it meant to have a messed up, jacked up past it was the Apostle Paul. Study his life. And, and yet, he says, Hey church, here's what I've learned to do. I've learned to forget what is behind. And Paul just owns it. He's got no excuses. He says, I'm not going to get entangled. I'm not going to become restrained by always looking back in the rearview mirror but I'm going to move ahead. Well, how does that play out? How do you, well, here's what that means. Gosh, let's just talk about it one more time. Social media messes people up, messes me up. And so if you've got something playing out in your mind, you know what you do with that person that hurts you? You kind of begin to stalk them. You look at them on social media. You look at that person that hurt you. You're kind of trying to figure out what's going on in their life. And if you really were honest, you'd, you're kind of hoping that something messes up in their life. That's, that is not good. And the Apostle Paul says, stop it. Quit looking back. Why? Oh, because Jesus Christ changed you if you know him as savior and lord of your life he he changed you he made you into a new creation look at this text second corinthians five seventeen. you know it therefore if any one of you in this room is in christ the bible says you are a new creation the old is passed away behold god made you into a new creation Do you ignore that or do you embrace that? The old me is gone. The old me, the one that used to make a lot of excuses, the old me is gone. So truth number one, we let go of the past. Truth number two, according to this text we just read, we move ahead with consistency. We press on towards the goal. All right, let's talk about something everyone in this room will relate to. You ready? Exercise. exercise you talk about making some excuses I can make some excuses when it comes to exercise I would say to myself things like this I would I do I would who am I seriously I will say things to myself like this man if I were to start going to the gym I'd, I'd have to get up extra early I want to do that, especially on a rainy day like today. Man, then I'd have to like get ready. I got to put on the clothes to wear to the gym. And then after that, I got to get ready again to get ready to go to the office. I don't want to drive to the gym. And I would say something to myself like this. I'm just not feeling it today. I haven't been feeling it for the last seven years. (laughs) <laughs> and so here's y'all here's what's in my mind I'm not speaking on your behalf but I bet some of you can relate in my mind I think ah, oh, if I do that it's going to be this like gigantic hour-long blood sweat and tears experience and I'm going to be so sore the next day that it'll hurt just to sit down on the toilet you know I'm so sore because that last time I did it I was that sore <laughs> 7 years ago. <laughs> but what if? What if church? What if? And this can apply to it can apply to anything. What if I made my workout where it started so small like like I'm talking about too small to fail. Small, okay? Think about this. If it is so small that it's like pretty much impossible to fail, what if my workout started with like... (laughs) What what if... What what if my workout... Ah! (laughs) What if my workout started with one sit-up a day? Now listen the front row. I just got up off the ground. Give me some applause. What what if what if my workout started with one sit-up a day? And all of a sudden I realized, man, I don't even have to change clothes. I can do that during my sermon. I don't have to go to the gym. I I can do it anywhere at all. It's so small, I really can't fail. Even if I don't do a sit-up, y'all, the fact that I just laid down on a hard floor and got back up, come on, give me some credit for that. (laughs) Anybody? Listen, and here's the point. You apply this to anything, exercise whatever. Victory, listen, victory is not just one huge thing that's accomplished all at one time. Listen to me. Victory is also very much The small things that are continually repeated day by day by day. Just the small things every single day. Consistently moving ahead. Consistently pressing on toward the goal. How will my life be different in five years? As I daily, consistently pursue my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I want you to see this. This is, this is so simplistic, yet so true. Number one, you let go of the past. Number two, you move ahead with consistency. And then once there, here's what's going to happen. Then you're going to begin to have some freedom in your life. And you're going to be like, wow, God is so faithful. And in that freedom, number three happens. You are then able to imitate Christ's humility. Look back one chapter, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Here's what Paul says. Do nothing now out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, he's, here's what he wants you to do. I want you in humility to value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of. Of others. Oh my goodness. 24 years ago. 24 years ago. God called my wife and I to leave the church we were serving at in Oklahoma City. Uh, We had both grown up there. To move to a church in southeast Arkansas. Jared was four years old. Macy was two years old. And Molly was three months old. Now you can imagine what my mom and what Shauna's parents thought about this idea. You didn't what? God's leading you to move eight hours away from family to serve at some crazy church in southeast Arkansas? They did not like this idea at all. But after much prayer, we knew that that's what God was leading us to do. And when we arrived at First Baptist Church of Crossit, Arkansas, the very first family to unconditionally show us love was a couple named Johnny and Fran Blankenship. Country as country can be. And they had uh, two teenage boys. One had just graduated high school. Another one was still in the youth ministry. And I will never, they, they actually, one of our last Sundays at my church in Oklahoma City before we left, they actually came and they were a part of our worship service at our church in Oklahoma and they said to our families, we are going to take care of your kids and your grandkids. You remember that? You know how sometimes in life you take people for granted, you really don't see or appreciate all they're doing for you? Until you get a little older and wiser. This is what happened with them. And so as we arrive at this new church in southeast Arkansas. um, Johnny and Fran. They did what Philippians chapter 2 said. They were the people who were never looking to their own interest. But instead to the interest of others. And in that season, those others happened to be Shauna and I and Jared and Macy and Molly. And so, you know, when you're having kids and life is a blur, you, now that I'm a grandparent, I'm like, wow, wow. It's a big deal right now for us just to have Shiloh and Judah, two grandkids. And they're my own grandkids. And so I think back to countless times that Johnny and Fran took all three of our children, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old, not just for the night, oftentimes for the night, but sometimes for the week, so that Shauna could go to a week of youth camp with me or that Shauna could go on a, a retreat or something with me. And they didn't just stop with that. Free childcare. that's pretty awesome. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Whew. We bought this old fixer-upper home, 1104 Beach Street. Man, I bought that home for $50,000. Deal. It's like a 2,200 square foot house. Good house. Needed some fixing up. Guess who showed up every day after he got off work at the paper mill? Johnny. Fran was always there too, usually bringing food, helping out. What did they do? Oh, nothing really. Just like remodel the kitchen, uh, refinish the floors, put in new flooring, paint the house, uh, put up new light fixtures, ceiling fans, redo a closet. Really, no big deal. Nothing at all. I, I, it was crazy, y'all. It is crazy how God used them to be Philippians chapter 2 people in our life. I knew they loved us, but I think they loved my kids even more. Macy, Macy, a uh, little little-known little secret, when she, was, when she was two and three years old, moving to southeastern Arkansas, she got a real good country accent. You, you don't remember that. You're a baby. But, but Macy realized she could go to Mr. Johnny and ask for just about anything, and he would make it happen. And so at about the age of... Uh, This is probably around between three and four, Macy would have been at that time. She started asking Mr. Johnny for a swimming pool. Mr. Johnny, will you get me a swimming pool? I thought he would go out and, you know, buy one of those little Walmart jobs. The dude installs like a, you know, like a 15 by 40 swimming pool. Like, what? And I don't even think they swam in it because a few years after we left Arkansas, they, they tore it down. Uh, all I'm saying is this, church, if you want to see some genuine progress over the next five years, it, it is so right here in front of us. You begin by letting go of the past, you, you start moving ahead with consistency, and you imitate Christ's Humility. When you do that, your life will become a powerful witness and others' lives, in addition to your own, will be eternally changed. I promise you. I promise you. But remember, you can make excuses or you can make progress. But it's very difficult to make both at the same time. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Heavenly Father, today we come to you. We thank you for the truth you've given us in your holy word. God, Philippians is one of those books of the Bible. Most of us really like to read it, and I think a lot of that is because we just get it. It speaks to us on such a foundational level in our our faith. Thank you for that, Lord. And so, God, today, many of us, myself included, there have probably been a whole lot of excuses. But, God, our desire is to make progress into becoming the person you've called us and you desire for us to be over these next five years. So, Lord, show us how to faithfully follow you and trust you to see that come to fruition. <clears throat> God, I believe there some people that you brought to church today. Uh, man, none of this has started Everything that they're considering right now is like ground zero. And so they don't even know what it means to be struggling in a walk with you, Lord, because it's never even started. And so, Lord, for today, the people in the room today who don't know you, to be Savior and Lord of their life, for the people who have never truly understood how much you love them, for the ones who have never understood how you sent your son Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice, who gave his life on the cross at Calvary, God, reveal more and more to them each day of that truth, that they might know you, repent of their sin, and follow you. God, we, we, we never have to wait till we get it all right and all perfect in our lives, but you invite us to come to you, God, just as we are, broken, weary, worn out, tired, heavy laden. Oh, God, thank you that your arms are open to receive us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash getconnected.